for modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode. Alaykum. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Cover Mode. I'm your host, Rashan Isaacs. Here on Cover Mode, we identify Muslim women who play an exemplary role in society. And whilst representing herself in a modest fashion, we interview designers that have a modest wear signature. The lines will be open for your comments or questions on 021-442-3530 or SMS on 47913. Today's topic is women in media. Now, as I'm sitting here, my role in media as your presenter and producer of Cover Mode with the aim of bringing you stories of women who positively impact society by being their authentic self and exposing the beauty of dressing modestly, hence the reason I'm always interviewing designers who address the modest wear market. But outside of this program, I have 20 years of highly skilled experience in operational broadcast media. And having met broadcasters from around the world on my experiential research trips and adapting that knowledge to South African broadcast market, I've met amazing women on my journey. And one of those women who I had a brief encounter with when I first started in media and again recently met on my continuous new journey and love for media is Lamis Inglis. Assalamu alaikum Lamis. Wa alaikum salam Rashan. How are you today? Alhamdulillah and you. Alhamdulillah and shukran for joining us, joining us in studio today. Lamis, when I met you, you worked in the creative services department at ETV as a producer but since then you've developed the media training company Lamis Inglis Lead Media and Creative Inc. Lamise English Media offers her clients a solution to print television, video and event media. But before we delve into what she does in her company, I'd like to know from you, Lamise, what was your first contact with media? Wow. For that answer, I need to go back to like 1997. <laughs> um, I literally fell into media by accident. A friend of the family introduced me to a position or an opportunity at the SABC um, news division in Cape Town, which at that time was called Cape at Six, um, as an admin uh, PA slash receptionist. And I think that just opened my world completely to the excitement and the thrill that was television news at the time. Um, from there, obviously, I, I studied further and decided to pursue a, a career in, in media. Would you say that's your inspiration as to why you joined the media industry? Oh, definitely. <laughs> and your company is a media training solution. Yes. So how did your media journey bring you to media training? I think it was a very organic journey. Um, at ETV, we often had uh, varsity students work shadow um, in the creative services department. And what I noticed um, or observed from the students was that they lacked practical hands-on training. Um, in 2000, I then developed a very simple practical curriculum, um, which I launched as Century Film School then, um, training community people who couldn't maybe have access to the bigger varsities and didn't have funding. Um, so I ran these ad hoc courses part-time 
whilst working at at E um, to just assist people to get hands-on training. But the irony was that my classes were often attended by varsity students oh, wow. um, that were doing their third years at Stellenbosch and UCT but wanted that practical um, application of the theoretical knowledge. And can you recall how many years ago was that? When you when you, when did you, when did you actually start? Well, I ran a Century Film School from 2000 to 2011, um, and sort of ended that that journey um, by producing a, a science uh, television series with an all women crew, mm-hmm. which which I trained from scratch. And do you feel that, I mean, that was in 2000, there was a growing interest then in women or people becoming more interested in, in the media as a whole and what media had to offer. Do you think that still exists? Has it grown to a different extent? Do you think that there are more women in media now as well? I think there are definitely more women in media and the opportunities are are available. I think when we started, it was it was purely knowing someone who knew someone and that's how you got into the industry because um, it was very male dominated, dominated mm-hmm. then. Um, I think now it's a little bit more mm-hmm. you, you see females. And what does Lemise English Media offer? Um, well it's a, a production company and a training company as well. So I consult on productions and training. Um, the production the, the, Production services uh, span from uh, television production, radio, e-learning, video, event video. Um, And then the training consultancy is purely for um, companies that have a production need. Uh, So I'll go into a company that maybe wants to do their own corporate videos and produce it in-house or do videos for social media and Mm -hmm. produce it in-house. And I'll go into consult and train the the staff to produce quality product. And uh, that as well, has that been a growing industry? I think the burst of social media just opened that door completely. So now there's a whole other avenue besides broadcast television or video as in your wedding videos, your event videos, <laughs> and now we have with the wedding <laughs> Now we have social media, which which literally gave us a new a new medium. Now, media plays both a positive and a negative effect uh, on society. How do you impact the role of media? That was a bit of a, a difficult question to answer, but I think it's. It's through your personality, and and I use the vehicle of training, Mm -hmm. and I I don't just train the technical side of television, but I I, I feel that you you never just train someone, you mentor them, Mm -hmm. and there's a certain portion of yourself that you share in building and shaping that person um, until they're independent enough to obviously take the journey further on their own. Would you then say that you bring in the ethical sense? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can't leave that behind. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you also have a company called Creative Inc. What yeah. is this company all about? Creative Inc. is not really a company. It's a movement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's part of my journey of trying to assist um, specifically youth and young people to get into to the industry. And what I find still lacks is 
once someone has completed their studies, um, it's very difficult for them if they're in a creative field to actually get employment in industry. So Creative Inc. is a website um, that I started to profile um, interns or, or people that have completed their studies and that will then be marketed to the creative industries. We also don't see many hijab-wearing Muslim, you know, women as anchors or reporters in mainstream media. I recall one of our very presenters, Shahida Kali, many, many, many years ago, I don't mm. know if you can remember, who actually wore turban on, uh, on a, I think it was 6 p.m. news headlines um, back in the day. And that, I must say, I, I admired that mm. picture of a Muslim woman in a commercial television <coughs> wearing her turban. Well, we're going to take a break, and right after that, we're going to continue our conversation with Lamise Inglis from Lamise Inglis, Lamise Inglis Media on um, the role of women in media. Graceful, modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode. Welcome back. Today's topic is women in media. And we're speaking to Lamise Inglis of Lamise Inglis Media and uh, of a Creative Inc., which she tells me is a group or a, is that correct? Yes. Yes. And I've just spoken about uh, women anchors and being represented in media wearing the scarf because we do know that there are many Muslim women in media, but they're not the hijab wearing Muslim media in the front. Um, what opportunities are there for Muslim women in media? Um, I think it's up to the person really. And, and it's easier if you're in a technical role um, to be behind the scenes and still be wearing your hijab. But like you said, on air is a different case mm -hmm. because it would depend on the broadcaster and what they want to be portrayed as. Um, so I think you just need to try, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and there again it comes with maturity and belief and mm -hmm. how firm your belief is and what lines you're going to draw in your personal um, capacity as in I'm not going to go and take off my scarf for anyone. Yeah. So if you have that um, way of, of living, then obviously, you know, it's a non-negotiable. So if you offered a position on air, then take me as I am. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I think it's the perception of what they think mm. women are going to portray who wear that hijab. Because yes. we all know once you see a woman with hijab, you know she's Muslim and you mm. know that she stands by her values. Um, what are your views on the modesty bloggers, bloggers and, and their use of media? Because like you said, the stream of media has just exploded to all these different avenues. And one of the avenues that have, have, have risen um, more immediate um, to us is modesty bloggers, vloggers and how they use the media. What are your views on, on these um, forms of, of media? 
I'm actually a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I follow quite a few, um, especially Cape Town based. And I love the the fashion that comes out of it, the scarf styling. It's all very interesting. I love the fact that these are ladies that take pride in, you know, how they're presenting themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I really, I take my hat off to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a but. With social <laughs> media, there's a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel, you know, there needs to be consistency. So if you getting the title of a modest blogger or Muslim blogger, um, you need to carry that sense of responsibility throughout. And you must realize that everyone's watching every step. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you need to be consistent with the mode of dress and, and what you are saying on mm. social media. Well, so you become a brand. Definitely. And with any brand, you can't contradict yourself. True. Uh, you have to be authentically you, and and I, I because vloggers and bloggers is a very personal story and a very personal expression of uh, whatever they're trying to, whatever they want to portray. Whether it's food, because a lot of people do food, fashion, um, beauty, you have to be consistent, like you say, and authentically you. And Lamise, what advice can you offer those wanting to enter the media stream? Media is not an easy industry. Um, it's, and, and I think there's a bit of a misperception, especially when you look at television. Everyone thinks it's glitz and glam and it's fun and all of that. And there's actually a lot of technical hard work that would go behind the scenes. As with radio, um, you, you need to produce your shows. You can't just, um, you can't just, come and speak mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of prep work and i think especially the youth they they don't really have an understanding of the hard work that goes on behind the scenes so my advice to anyone thinking of entering the industry would be to persevere mm-hmm. and if you have the the motivation and you have a strong grounding in your faith um as a muslim woman that shouldn't deter you. And if you always know where your compass lies with every decision that you make, then you'll be fine. And there's also so many broad avenues of media. Maybe you can tell us a few of those. Well, the industry is quite large because, like you said, there's print, um, which covers digital and um, conventional print to paper. Um, then we have television which I, which is broadcast television there's also um, corporate television um, which still runs on the decoder systems but are in-house television stations are, are these that the, big the brands ones that, that yeah. you're, you, sometimes you go into a shop and yes it's not your, it's, it's, you yeah something completely different and they're advertising everything that's in their store as well yes, uh, yes. Okay. Um, that particular company would own that channel. And only the content would be broadcasted on that channel. Um, and then you have community television, which is also a very interesting um, aspect of television. It's a lot freer. It's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more freedom to express yourself on community television as opposed to commercial um, television. Um, and then there's obviously the platform that we're looking at now, which is radio. And there, there's conventional radio or online radio stations that are popping up. 
Um, and then social media. So really, there's there are many options. And many people, young uh, individuals interested in the media industry, the first thing they know or hear about media is the person they see. That the person, the anchor, the host, uh, the person reporting the the journalists, and because they're on air, and it looks like a very entertaining and lively and active and adrenaline rushing environment. But there's also other aspects to media, and those are the people that put the stories together, from cameramen to the technicians. Like I'm looking at our technicians right, yeah, our producers, and it's it's a whole group of people that come together to formulate a message that you're going to broadcast on whichever avenue you're going to broadcast on. And how does Lamise English Media uh, get to our, our youth or people interested in media and letting them know all other aspects of media? Well, the easiest way would be to follow our Facebook page. Um, you can search for Creative Inc. Um, on Facebook. and Or you can go to Creative Inc. .co.za, which is our, our web address. Um, but I think people have Facebook, so they can inbox me on that Facebook account and I'll reply. I think that would be the easiest. Do they go that route as well for Lemis English yes, Media? Okay. Yes, it's, right. one, it's one website. All right, so there you have it, Creative Inc. on Facebook, or you can go to creativeinc.co.za if you want to know more about the media industry or if you're interested in being trained by Lemis English Media. Lemis, it's been an insightful interview with you, and I thank you for sharing your media story here on Cover Mode. Shukran, Looking at stories that made headlines on Muslim women in the media, I'll go back to 2012 when a female news presenters when female news presenters wore their veils on TV for the first time ever in Egypt. Fatima Nabil and several other female news presenters scheduled to go on air marked the end of a ban on presenters wearing the Muslim head covering, a policy that the state TV in Egypt had enforced throughout the half century of its existence. Earlier this year, or last year, um, if I recall, there was Noor Taguri, who flooded the global media with a picture showing her at the news desk of a commercial news broadcaster in the U.S., which we know is highly unlikely to see in most uh, countries around the world, even in Muslim countries. Mm. And Noor has a, for those of you who don't know who Noor Taguri is, Noor has a fiery passion for telling great stories and asking good questions, and her dream of becoming a news reporter came true. I'd like to quote what she said in front of the TED audience, for those of, of the people who are familiar with TED, I'll post the clip on, on, on Voice of the Cape uh, Facebook site after the show. She said, My job and duty as a Muslim Arab American journalist goes far beyond correcting the pronunciations of Middle Eastern names, which we all know is true. I am the voice that explains my religion, that clarifies the context of cultural nuances and makes sure that when we're reporting stories regarding terrorist groups like ISIS, that we're reporting it in a way that does not generalize the Muslim population and then put them in any association with these awful groups, and that especially the scarf on my head does not mean that I'm submissive or that I'm being oppressed. In fact, it empowers me in demystifying the stigma that surrounds Muslim women. 
With that, I close our first section of cover mode with Lamise English, but do stay with us, Lamise, because <laughs> I might have some more questions for sure. you later. Uh, I've got an SMS that has come through from 57945. Um, the SMS reads, Wassalam, we're living in such a diverse country. We have no need to be scared of being a woman or being a Muslim woman. Put your best foot forward and don't, and, and sorry, I'm reading this wrong because it's in uh, SMS language, and don your scarf. And, and that's it. Everything that you do comes from Allah. So if you're out there seeking a job in a career that wouldn't be seen or, or that not... Now, obviously, you want to stay away from the haram. <laughs> but something like media, you need to go and represent yourself and be authentic to who you are. Done your hijab. Allah provides for everything. So if the job is meant for you and you're meant to be the next anchor or the next news presenter, then so be it. So shukran, Lamis, for your story. Now, when we portray ourselves in events or on social media, we want to make sure that we are well presented or well represented. And by that, I'm referring to the way we dress. Nawal Keats of the design label Tanzanite Couture was born in Cape Town. And as a young girl, Nawal moved to Durban, where she completed her schooling and in 1987 obtained a national diploma in fashion design at M.L. Sultan Technicon. Cover Mode welcomes Nawal Keat into the studio. Assalamu alaikum, Nawal. Wa alaikum assalam wa How are you today? Alhamdulillah. Shukran for the invite. Afwan, it's so, so good to have you here. Alhamdulillah. Nawal, your journey as a, uh, a news anchor, what are the challenges uh, or what's behind the, na- the, the name, sorry, is Tanzanite Couture? What's behind the name Tanzanite Couture? So, Sean, um, Tanzanite Couture came about, um, I've always loved the gemstone Tanzanite. And as a young girl, I always dreamt of having a Tanzanite ring. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. And unfortunately, it didn't come. But because Tanzanite is a stone that's created to perfection, it's exclusive. It's one of a kind. Each stone is one of a kind. I thought it was the perfect name um, when I decided to build my design label. Um, it took years for me to eventually do this because being in corporate, I've worked in corporate in the corporate in- industry for 28, 30 years. And, you know, you have your restraints of trade, so it always restricted me. But my love for bridal wear was always there. And that is how Tans Night came about. And how would you describe your design signature? Um, it's a fusion of Western simplicity as well as Eastern substance. Um, it's predominantly modest. Um, my designs are radiant. I would call, refer to it as being radiant. It's regal. It's royal. <laughs> um, and it's, a ba- it's basically a crossover. I call it a crossover style of dressing mm-hmm. because it's not only, you know, it doesn't, it's adaptable, adaptable to the strictures of the Muslim woman, but it also appeals to Western woman mm. who's looking for cover-up clothing, which is very afraid today. Yes, it is. Designers go through a long process of designing a garment that appeals to a particular customer. 
But part of that process is creating a label and marketing that label. What then are the challenges of building your design label? Um, the industry is very tough, Rishan. Um, I was never an out there kind of person. So the challenges was very difficult, um, especially when you're working from a home, a home environment. Right. Um, I run my design studio from home. So the challenges are there because of the the time factor, the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The um the discipline of having to start work at eight o'clock and catch up <laughs> at five o'clock. Your family life. Mm-hmm. Um and I think when you work from home and when you work for yourself, there is no limits really. You'll find because I design wedding dresses, I do matric ball dresses, there's always a crossover of time, a lapping over of time. You have fittings after hours. Your weekends aren't your own. Um, so that I find is very challenging. Um, the other thing would be the financial restraints, the marketing restraints, um, just general managing, you know, of your business. I just find that when you're a designer, you think you're creative. The the two very seldom go hand in hand. I'm not a financial person, and my husband can vouch for that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, those are the difficulties, you know. But I think the most the most the the most difficult one is running your business from home. I guess there's there's two ways of running that business. You can either be very relaxed, finding yourself falling over (laughs) your feet at the last minute. Yes, absolutely. Or you're so, you know intimately involved in your business that it takes over your life 24-7. And I see Lamise nodding there on her side as well, <laughs> having run her own business. Yes, what were the challenges that you faced when, when establishing your business? It's, I, I think it was exactly that. You know, we we tend to get into that mode, especially if you're not earning a comfortable salary every month, um, where we start, and I think it's just human nature, you start fearing um, where's my next payment going to come from? <laughs> yes. And then we we tackle, we, we actually need to remind ourselves that our risk comes from our creator, yes. regardless of how it comes. Um, and, and that's a lesson that I had to learn over time because mm-hmm. I was in that, you know, mode where you, you just take on a job because it's going to pay the bills. You need to do it. Yes. Um, until I realized, no, you actually need to be selective about who you work for and what projects you bring into your house um, because I too work from home um, and also family life is yes, important. If, if I yes, recall needs to be a having, having wanted to have a meeting with uh, Lamis, I was told very specifically Friday is family day so she cannot meet oh. with me on a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. <laughs> So I love that she's disciplined in her own business. So when when I see a garment that appeals to me, uh, Nawal, yes. I'd probably be right in saying that the designer had my profile in mind. But before you answer that, we're going to take a break so that I can find out what your or who your customer is. Okay. Graceful, modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. is cover mode.
Yes, this is cover mode for the greatest stylish Muslima who embodies the essence of Islam. When I see a garment that appeals to me, I'd probably be right in saying that the designer had my profile in mind. But what does that mean? Nawal, what can customers expect from your label? I'm sure that it's down to understanding who that customer is as well. No, absolutely, Rishon. Um, I think with regard to to my customer, it's they're guaranteed to get a unique garment, something that is fresh, which is elegant. Um, it's timeless pieces. Um, the one thing I do is consultation plays an important role because that is where you identify your customer, um, her likes, her dislikes, um, what um, she is about, and you just you just get that you get that connection, and it starts from there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about having a garment made and passing it on to the customer. The I think it's more to do with um, working with the individual and and building those re- those kind of relationships. And therefore, most of my work is by word of mouth and not by marketing, having to go out and and advertise uh, my brand or my label for that matter. And you've just mentioned that you custom make as well. Yes. Do you have a collection or a range at hand as well? Not at hand. Um, There's just no time for that. Um, Fortunately, a lot of my work is by word of mouth. it's weddings all the time, especially now. It's it's bridal season, it's matric ball season, and that is what keeps me going. Um, I've as much as I want to work in a collection, there's just never been the time. I was hoping to have something done by the end of November, and it's still it's still lying in the tracks somewhere along the tracks. So it's gonna get done, but I can't say just just when. And for those of us that's looking for a garment when we go to the normal retail stores yes. and we look at this garment and we think, I'm not a 32 at the top and, I, I, you know, I, and I'm not a 34 at the bottom or I'm not a, I'm not a 36, I'm, I'm either or. And the nice thing about custom make is that you, you tailor make it to that person's fit. Am I no, correct? Absolutely. Um, and it's all about fit. Mm-hmm. If your garment fits perfectly, they, you're going to get um, them coming back. Um, initially, when I started, I started a small collection when I first started off working from home. And after the first range, I decided to put a stop to it because no two people are built the same. True. You go into stores, you buy your garment. It's very seldom that you can walk out of the store and wear it to wherever, to to the function that you're wanting to attend. The sleeve has to be shortened, the length has to be shortened, it has to be taken in. So, therefore, I find making a, building a range and having that perfect 32 or that perfect 34, it doesn't work for me. Because you always find the customer comes back, can you shorten this, can you lengthen that? And it actually takes up more of your time. So, I prefer and I enjoy having to to customize my garments for each and every individual rather than producing a range.
What are you busy with right now? Bridal wear. <laughs> it's the season. Bridal wear. It's just weddings upon weddings Shit. upon weddings. And it's, it's actually the best time of the year. And also with matric ball dresses, um, you find, I think there's one or two schools that's having the matric balls still in November and December. But most of the matric balls has been finished off, I think, in this last month. But um, it's amazing the amount of money that people are prepared to spend on matric ball gowns. It's, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Well, they want to. It's, it's a, I guess they want to look as good as the brides. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not only about the garment. I think it's everything. It's hair. It's makeup. It's it's just it's a whole package. Yeah. And obviously, you cater for non-Muslims as well. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And where do you draw your inspiration from? Because you're custom making. Yes. Everyone is individual. Where do you draw There's your inspiration from? Where the media from? comes in. To <laughs> action. <laughs> Look, social media, definitely. Um, today, you have the likes of the PDF, uh, PFDC uh, Sunfolk Fashion Shows, which I'm I absolutely love because it's basically two seasons ahead. So they're now looking at winter 16, which we haven't even gone into winter 15. Um, So we we always get a heads up. Yes, yes. Um, It's mode operandi, the forecast. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have get a daily forecast so you know what fabrics are um, being shown, the colors that's being shown for the season, Vogue India, because... A lot of my clients like the, <laughs> the bling and the, gl- the glitz. And then WGSN mm-hmm. Insider, yes. which I get a, um, a monthly update also on color and fashion. And I think just fabrics on the whole. I love going fabric shopping. Uh, my husband hates it because I tend to get lost in, in the shops. Um, but design inspiration comes from both. It's, it's either starting from sketching and developing of for, uh, from what you see with regard to your forecast or going into fabric shops and you know sometimes you have a vision and you have a style in mind and you get to the fabric shops and it changes overnight so at, at, I enjoy shopping I enjoy going fabric shopping with my clients that is the one um, service that I gladly have to offer you know is going fabric shopping with them because not many people are familiar with fabrics and what the fabrics can do. So that is an area of, of, of my services that I extend to clients as well. I must say that I have been on a fabric visit with Nawal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've worn two Tanzanite couture <laughs> garments in, my, in this year, in fact. And I, I actually wore one um, now recently for Eid. Okay. I wore one of your garments. Oh, wonderful. And that was the specific garment where I went with you uh, to uh, to the fabric place yes. to select. And uh, Nawal knows all about fabrics. And I love that you research yes. and you know what's happening. Yes. So it's not just about creating a garment from the 1970s, <laughs> but that it appeals to today. Yes. Yes. Love it. Now, while we spoke to Lamise Inglis about her role as a woman in media, okay. let's look at media and the role it plays with your design choices. You've mentioned that all these places, WGSN, yes. Moda Operande, that you, you look at. Well, what role does media play in your design cho- choices? I think not initially. 
I wouldn't say it played an important role, but I must say, and thanks to Rishan for not so long ago, South Africa did a brilliant review on um, Tanzanite. That had brilliant reviews. If, mean, if anyone wants say. to see <laughs> some of, of Nawal's designs, uh, you can go to www.styleafrica.co.za. There's a complete write-up of Nawal as a designer behind Tanzanite Couture with a lot of her garments that she's done and beautiful designs. And I must say that you, that review in itself in three days... Yes. A thousand people had already yes, seen it, and it just and it, it was grew brilliant. from there. It so always so happy thank to you assist. <laughs> and then um, we, I have been invited to to show to do a show with uh, Mela mm-hmm. on SABC Two. Lovely. Um, Muslim Bride next month has a whole write up on Tanzanite uh, bridal. Um, I use the likes of your Instagram, your Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and. Like I said, you know, it's by word of mouth. And um, the the one that's worked best for me, for Tanzanite, was the Facebook page. Um, it's direct, it's mm-hmm. instant, and that's been brilliant, you know. And I don't think that, I think with design, with garments, it's very difficult. If you're comfortable, if you love your garment, you're going to get feedback. And, and and a lot of my my um, designs and, and, and my clients has been um, referrals. And that's how I basically work. Which is perfect. <laughs> Which, um, in your opinion, do you think South Africa is a modest nation? That's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. You can, you can be very opinionated, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I think it's... You know, modesty, it's not only for women in their 30s and their 40s. And the the one thing I must say, there's a lot of girls, youngsters in their 20s that today are covering up. It is not only um, your, your Muslim women, it is the your Christians, um, your conservative Christians, uh, your Orthodox Jew, Jewish woman that wants to cover up. And I have a vast, uh, um, a diverse clientele base. So it's not only my Muslim woman. For, um, your, for your future clients, how yes. do they get hold of you? Um, it's They can either contact me on my landline, which is 021-761-4081, on 079-786-2946. I have my Tanzanite Couture Facebook page, Tanzanite Couture Instagram, and they can email me directly on tanzanitecouture at telcomsa.net. Perfect. So, Shukran, for giving your contact no details. We're going to have to close off in a few okay. in a few seconds. Um, I love the conversations today, media being a passion of mine uh, personally. And uh, if anyone is interested in getting hold of uh, La Mise Inglis, you can go to her Facebook page for Creative Inc. and yes. give her a direct message from there. Yeah. And if anyone wants to get hold of uh, Nawal Keat for Tanzanite Couture, you've got those numbers, 021-761-4081 or 079-786-2947-6. gave extra number. <laughs> Or look up Tanzanite Couture on the Facebook, Facebook and uh, you could possibly also send a message on there as yes. well, right? 
Muslim women are misrepresented in most mainstream media. With no insight into Islam, journalists and writers condemn the religion's attitude to women. We've been seen as oppressed, suppressed, but here on cover mode we aim to impress. Impress you with our ways, intellect and will to achieve as much as the next person and live a dutiful, purposeful life and engaging in activities which pleases our creator. I hope you were inspired by today's episode of Cover Mode. Till I meet with you again next Monday, I'm Rashan Isaacs within uh, I'm Rashan Isaacs and I hope that you have a fulfilling week ahead, inshallah. Modest, stylish women who embody the essence of Islam. This is Cover Mode.